Hello, I'm Alexander Walker of the Fashion Collective Podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener, then thank you for taking the time to check us out. The Fashion Collective Podcast is a place for creatives to learn, share, collaborate, and support each other. Each week, you'll get in-depth interviews with creators talking about their creative process, inspirations, giving advice, and sharing their opinions on the major topics within the industry. Our mission is to create a space for creatives. If you have the time, I would greatly appreciate you taking the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Hey, how's it going, Jack? Good. How are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah, just uh, been working, you know, a lot, but and, you know, it's been really, been a really great experience. You know, what about you? Been a busy year, but getting some, hopefully, some some time is opening up to focus a bit more. And yeah, it's just been a, a busy year, so I'm kind of excited to recap it and and talk through it. Yeah, definitely. You know, before we get and get into everything, can you just, you know, share just a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do with the audience? Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Jack Mahaley, and um, right now I'm working as a men's designer for Stussy based in Los Angeles and kind of focus on men's outerwear, bottoms category and headwear. And then I was doing some accessory work up until recently, but not so much anymore. So, yeah, that's kind of my main work, apparel design and then. I did have a project with my friend, uh, Alex, and that was called Cafe Nailera. We're not doing so many projects anymore just because it's been such like a, a whirlwind year. And yeah. I'm finding that it's not exactly the most important time to be putting out kind of, uh, I guess, merch-based products just because it seems really flooded right now. So I think for that, we're just trying to keep it project-based and only when it's something that's really meaningful to us or something that we really believe in. So haven't been doing so much work on that front, but yeah, just staying really busy with Stussy. Yeah. And we're going to be getting into, you know, all of that over the course of the episode, you know, moving into, you know, segment one, you know, style ethos, you know, how would you describe your personal style to the audience? Oh man. I don't know. It's a tricky one. I think, I think if you saw me walking down the street, you might not associate me with fashion right off the bat or someone that works in the industry. Um, My sister always makes fun of me and, and says that I kind of dress like an electrician so like whether it's like all black shoes, like a running shoe, um, like a like a wider work pant and like poly cottons or or stiff cottons and dark colors. And then typically like, I mean, sweatshirts is kind of the main outerwear piece that's about as warm as you can go in Los Angeles. So that's kind of what it's been for the past couple months. But yeah, again, I kind of straddled this like. Do I go more technical or do I just wear natural fibers? I think in general, it's just I like a wider silhouette pant and black shoes, bus driver style. That's pretty much it. <laughs> nice. And are you just pretty much primarily wearing, you know, Stussy? Or are there other brands that you kind of, you know, throw into the whole wardrobe? I think more uh, more recently, I'm starting to get to wear a bit more Stussy. I mean, I think we always get like promo tees and stuff like that. So that's easy to wear and hoodies. But um, up until recently, I think some of the stuff wasn't fitting me. I'm I'm a bit taller. So sometimes pants are just hard to find for me. So that hasn't been always the easiest. But I think we're, we're switching up some of the, the fits and, and, and things like that. So I'm, I'm going to hopefully be getting to wear a bit more Stussy as things release in the coming months. But it's not full Stussy. I like, uh, I like a lot of br- different brands. But I think in general, stuff that's simple and has like a, a bit of a fabric point of view i think that's what that's what i like the best nice and does that come through in like the way you like to design um just in terms of having that yeah. kind of approach 
Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, like I'm not so much a graphics oriented designer. I think there's like, we ha- we work with really amazing graphics uh, and artists, do you see? But I think my, I think where I excel maybe is more um, blending like a unique fabric or, or picking uh, a really solid fabric uh, and matching it to the correct silhouette or even mismatching stuff. Like I think um, we're, for example, we're like, taking the really popular Sherpa fleece that you see um, offered by brands like Capital and North Face, you know, all the, all those types of fleece garments, but then like maybe applying it to a headwear style or mixing it up so that you get that same kind of interest from the customer and, but see it in a, in a new silhouette that kind of keeps it interesting. Um, So I I do like taking fabrics and, and, and really um, picking where they're going to perform best and and what's going to make an interesting product. Definitely. Yeah. I think Susie does an amazing job about that. You know, moving into, you know, segment two, you know, what have you been obsessed with lately? You know, movies, you know, brands, TV shows, books, articles, what have you been into? Um, I think in, in the past year. So since uh, I've, I've lived in LA um, about two years now and, and one of, one of the years was, was full pandemic. So I hadn't, I hadn't had access to hang out with a ton of my friends or, or even seeing a lot of people in general. So I think I got really, really in bed with a bunch of podcasts. So I think like from the moment I wake up, I'm pretty much listening to podcasts on my way to work for the first couple hours at work. I'm still kind of, uh, it's kind of listening in, in one ear and then on the drive home, more podcasts. And sometimes I'm even laying in bed and just trying not to look at screens. So uh, the audio <laughs> component is a nice way to um, wind down for me. I love all the New York podcasts. So like a throwing fits, those guys are really interesting. I've listened to them forever yeah. and the, the, where they're at now versus where they started is, is, is really cool to see. So I, I love those guys. They have really interesting guests that I think sometimes they're fashion oriented. Other times they're more just general pop culture. And I end up learning a lot through them. They had uh, one of the guys from Stussy, you know, Christopher Green on. Oh yes, for sure. Yeah. Chris went on and that was really, that, that was even really interesting to hear his perspective on, on some of the stuff we're doing at Stussy. So yeah, I feel like I'm always learning from from these podcasts. I love what else? I mean, I think another thing I got really into was cooking and food based YouTube channels, just because oh, yeah, yeah. you're not eating out as much and and staying home and cooking. Who are you watching? I think uh, the 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 most the one I like the best is uh, Jay Kenzie Lopez. All he does um, he does like these POV. Uh, almost GoPro style cooking vids where he'll put a camera on top of his head and, and cook like a really nothing extravagant, but just like a really simple, well-prepared meal in his home kitchen. And, and that's been really uh, helpful for me just trying out new things. What's been like your, the dish that you're really proud of that you learned over the course of, you know, 2020. Oh man, that's a good idea. I think, uh, or a good question. I think, um, I think the main one, the one that I've been cooking the most is a spatchcock chicken. <laughs> so it's basically, okay. It's basically like splitting the chicken down the down the spine and and roasting it flat in the in the oven at a high temperature. That seems like literally the most simple and um, easiest meal that I've, I feel like I've, I've mastered for sure in this past year. Nice. And then what are you throwing on as like sides? Like, are you you know dicing up some vegetables? You know, what do you what do you like to pair it with? Oh man, I think uh, usually we ch- I try to eat really balanced with my girlfriend. We do like starches, like a really like uh, healthy starch, whether it's like a roasted sweet potato, and we've been eating a lot of wild rice lately. And then on top of that, we'll typically do we do a farmers market run every Sunday. We get tons of kales, just fresh herbs, cilantro's, and so we'll make kind of like a really fresh salad to to go alongside of it. 
all the greens last, it seems, seems like they last months from the farmer's market. So that's, that's kind of what our, our staples been all year. Nice. And have you always wanted to eat pretty healthy or is it kind of like something that as you moved to LA, you've kind of <laughs> taken it way more serious? Uh, yes. The health culture. Yeah. A little bit. I think like, uh, maybe not so much LA, but I think like a, the pandemic having to cook more for yourself and B I'm getting older too. So I can't just crush like nasty food and, and, and feel okay afterwards. So I think it's catching up with me. Anything else you've been into lately? Any uh, shows or movies? I'm not a big TV watcher. I feel like anytime I end up watching TV, I end up either scrolling on my phone and then that usually turns into grabbing my computer and, and scrolling on my computer. I think like for the past, I would say the one thing that has been consistent for the past five, even long, maybe even more, five years or so is I've been like an avid user of Grail, the resale website. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I think that as a maybe not so much for buying and selling. I mean, I think I do my fair share of that on there, but just as like a catalog of clothing that exists on the Internet, I think it's the I think it's the largest catalog of clothes anywhere on the Internet under one website. So I think just I'm constantly on there looking, looking at different brands, looking at different eras, like vintage. I follow different sellers. I think it's a really dynamic website. And that's just kind of where I'm constantly looking. I'm not really buying. I'm not looking for anything in particular. I'm just kind of in that mindset where I'm scrolling and, and constantly looking at clothes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love the site. Um, used to write for them. So I oh, nice. love the team over there. Yeah. Grail is such an amazing site. I, uh, yeah. What they do is really exceptional, especially on the editorial side, which I don't think, yeah, I feel like people know about it, but I feel like it's such a great way to learn more about the stuff we love. Totally. I think uh, the editorial has always been strong. I think where, you know, like if you compare it to a website like Essence, for example, when you go to Essence, the editorial is first and foremost, you know, you have to click through to get to any of the clothing, whereas Grailed, maybe it's split 50-50, you know, you have like some of the editorial and news sections at the top and then there's clothes sandwiched around it. So, yeah. And then, you know, now moving into, you know, segment three, rapid fire, kind of getting your, you know, a quick opinion, you know, as someone... <laughs> Uh, who has, you know, moved to LA, you know, how is it? Like, how are you enjoying it? And mm. what do you think about the, you know, critique people give, you know, LA for not having, you know, good style? Oh, worst dress city? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's my, here's my, here's my uh, hot take on Los Angeles <laughs> and, and people describing cities in like one sentence or less. I think that, A, I'm having a really, I really enjoy it here. I think, um, obviously, the weather's amazing. I think everyone I, I meet here is really uh, has been really nice. They're their fair share of people who are like people who are trying to either break into the industry or want to be around the industry for what it means. But in general, I think everyone I've, I've met here is really down to earth and 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 nice and and uh, forthcoming. So I really enjoy it. I think a peop, uh, gets a bad rap for uh, all sorts of reasons, but I think people in Los Angeles aren't really thinking about living anywhere else. They're just enjoying it. So when you hear people from New York saying like, Oh, the Exodus, they're moving to Los Angeles. It's just not really, it's just not interesting to me. And it's, it's just a city, you know, like life is what you make of it wherever you're living. So if, if you're not into Los Angeles, you don't have to come. <laughs> that's, right. that's, my, that's my thing. You know, like we're not waiting for you or people in Los Angeles don't, don't necessarily need more people here that it, it's just existing. And I think people who live here really thoroughly enjoy it. So, um, so I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that. Definitely. I've had quite a few, you know, people on 
who are from LA, who have really great brands based out of LA, you know, from Jimmy Garecki to my guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, listen to that pod. Yeah, you know, he, I mean, just such a, you know, I think there's such a great scene happening in even like Reese Cooper, um, mm-hmm. oh, a yeah, lot of really one. great brands. You know, shout out to LA, but I think for, it's a underrated city. For sure, and you know, like, I think as far as space goes, a lot of, um, fashion companies are located in like a Vernon or a Torrance, California. So those are like LA adjacent, but you know, I think it's just, that's, that's where a lot of the industry is. If you're importing, um, you're close to the ports, it just kind of makes more sense for clothing and apparel brands to be in in Southern California and on the West coast. But as for the worst dress city, I think, (laughs) I think there are some, there are some pretty poorly dressed people and some of the local styles. I don't think are amazing, but I think, I think there are tons of well-dressed people. They're just hiding out. You don't see them all the time. They're either in their cars, they're hiding out in restaurants. They're there. Um, So I think if if you're a tourist and and you're only visiting for a weekend or something, you're not going to see the best representation of the city. But again, you know, it's just closed at the end of the day. Yeah. And then just in terms of like coming out of the pandemic, you know, how is LA doing with that? You know, are things starting to open up a bit more, you know, what's the kind of the state of what's happening there? For sure. I, the, it seems like, um, things are really back to almost back to normal. I think, you know, obviously like uh, the traffic has definitely increased. So that's like a, a big marker of, of normalcy here. Um, yeah. but it seems like, uh, restaurants are pretty much open. I think a lot of in, maybe not indoors fully back, but it seems like people are out and about. I think the, the newly lifted mask mandate for, if you're out, if you're fully vaccinated and you're uh, and you're outside, then and you can go maskless. I was running uh, at the reservoir the other day, and I think like half the people were wearing masks. So I think I think the the general like hysteria and people being scared of of being contagious or catching it. I think a lot of that's gone. But I think bars are opening up soon, maybe June or something like that. I don't know the dates, but I think once the bars are open, I think young people will will fully return. And and I think yeah, it's. It'll, hopefully it'll be back. I, I, I do think that a lot of things aren't going to be the same, I think, which is, it's too bad, but yeah. And we're returning fully to the office in the coming weeks. So yeah, it seems like, oh, really? it, it seems, yeah, it seems like things are going to be going back, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited about it. Yeah. You know, now moving into kind of the main topic, you know, your career, your journey, you know, wanting to start from the very beginning, you know, what initially kind of got you interested in fashion were you interested in something before and then you kind of got into fashion or like, how was, how did you get into it? Yeah. I, so I don't know if I have like the traditional path of like, uh, you know, going to being an artist and then eventually finding a medium and getting in, going to fashion school. Like I didn't really do any of that. I think as a kid, I was always really interested in clothes, not so much from like a, Ooh, what does this look like? Or how does it, how is it made? But more so I was just obsessive about, my clothes and and what I was wearing just in weird, almost like OCD ways. Like I remember if I had um, toothpaste or like water spilled on my shirt before school, I couldn't wear that shirt. I had to change it even though it would dry moments later. I was just so particular about it. And I don't, I don't really know why that is or why that started, but uh, it's just something that's always been in my brain. So yeah, eventually it's just kind of always been with me. I think in high school, I grew up in Northern California and um, during that time, like the Nike SB craze was kind of happening. And so there was a local boutique called FTC. And it's, I mean, it's, it's still around. And they, they, they were big purveyors of brands like Nike SB. They had things like chocolate, manic, 
DGK, kind of all those brands. So I think that's kind of the the era that I more or less was 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 coming up in. But simultaneously throughout high school, I was in I was on the the I don't know if you know this website, but it's called Super Future. It was like an online forum. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I don't know if it's really I think it's still around, but it's not so much popping anymore on the forums. But that's kind of where I was lurking in high school and reading about things and just this whole world of almost like high end clothing. Like there's the the Damir Doma guys, there's like the CCP guys, which were on their way, way long ago. And then there was a lot of streetwear on there too. Uh, the raw denim thing was happening. So that's kind of the era that I was watching and researching and growing up in. And then eventually I ended up going to school for uh, urban planning and uh, community de- development. Um, I, I love that. I still love urban planning and like the, the built environment and like kind of a people first approach. But eventually while I was in college, I was working as a sewer. So I was sewing for this leather goods company called Tanner Goods, which I had um, I had met uh, the the main guy there. His name's Mike. He's one of my best friends to this day. He um, I had messaged him on Super Future right when I had moved to Portland. And I was like, hey, you know, like, can I come by the shop? And I ended up just kind of working in the shop and kind of being being that, that almost like intern type role. And then eventually that turned into me sewing at the at the production facility. And then from there, um, it kind of just turned into a full role after I graduated. So I was doing operations type stuff that moved into material buying. Then that moved into retail buying for the, we had three stores at the time, like buying third party brands, like Manamika, engineered garments, things like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, then that moved into doing some buying and then also developing the in-house product line. So we had like a line of main USA headwear, cut and sew t-shirts, socks, things like that. So that's kind of like, I think my real like foundational fashion business clothing world um, experience. And then I'd kind of, I'd worked for a a friend's company for a bit. I moved to Seattle and worked at a studio for a while. And then finally landing in Los Angeles at at Stussy. So that's kind of, uh, a little bit of a roundabout path, but it's always been around product and 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 clothing has always kind of been my thing. I think there was a specific time where I kind of had to make a decision after college where I was like, do I try this urban planning thing out? Do I try this public sector a little more corporate, not corporate, but I should say a little bit more professional and um, bureaucratic route and maybe internship uh, there here and there and, and really try to climb that ladder. But Something about clothes, I just couldn't really shake, so I just have stuck with it, and and I'm I'm so glad I have. Yeah, and as you said, now you're at Stussy. I know you before you joining, you kind of did some like consultancy work, like you were part of like a team over at, you know, is it was it WKND? Studio? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, for sure. So, so was that like then, your first time meeting them? So yeah, I got connected through a friend in Portland. His name's Kevin. Uh, he he connected me to Nin, the studio owner at WKND, and um, they were looking for someone to kind of fill like a like an assistant design role. And um, and there was a bit of like brand work because they they had an in house brand. So there was it was a bit of like a an all around role. So I was there, and yeah, that was great. So that was a great place to be, and and I learned a lot there as well. Yeah, really great. Um, and then what kind of ultimately led you to really wanting to, you know, work for Stussy? You know, what about the brand really drew you and, you know, made you want to join the team? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously Stussy is like, a, it's it's almost, I, mean, I guess it's a heritage brand. There's so much history. There's so much meaning behind it. There's, there's so much embedded in what it means. I think like 
I'm a West Coast kid. Like I grew up skateboarding and and all that stuff. So it just makes it just made sense to to me to have that um, to offer my perspective. But again, they they also asked me if I wanted to be there. So that that goes a long way. <laughs> that too. helps. Yeah. 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 So, um, uh, but with that being said, you know, I, I, I don't take it very lightly. You know, I think there's, there's, there's a lot of eyes on the brand, uh, especially right now. And I think like to be in this position, uh, working on design team, you know, it's heavy, you know, I, I put in a lot of time. I put in a lot of, I guess, effort at the end of the day, I put in a lot of care into the things I, I want to see come out of the brand and the, the, the things I'm designing. So it definitely, it definitely doesn't come light. Yeah. I'm just super grateful to be, to be on that team. Yeah. It definitely feels like the brand has, you know, seen a, it's always been relevant. It's always been really great, uh, but it has seen like a huge resurgence in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of, as you said, like a lot of eyes are on the brand and what you guys do and a lot of history is behind the brand. And we really saw that with, you know, the celebration of, you know, the 40th anniversary and all of the amazing, you know, pieces that you guys released. Um, how was it, you know, working on those kind of collections last yeah. year? Yeah. So I think um, the, some of the way, like some of the structure in the company is maybe not so traditional where some um, projects are strictly handled by brand marketing and creative, and then other projects are strictly handled by product design. So I think like for the past, a lot of the special projects that I've been lucky to work on, I think the approach I've always kind of had is, is bringing some of the Northwest uh, energy into some of those projects. So like, for example, we, we released an Oakley uh, project. It was the eye jacket redo. I had visited the, the Oakley facilities in, in Southern California and kind of talked with that team. And, and I think like some of the outdoor, more outdoor uh, oriented products that we've released have been i would like to think some some of my influence but i think uh it's just something that i found really useful while living in the northwest for the past 10 years so um yeah i've tried to instill a bit of my experience and the things that i found useful in life into some of the projects but overwhelmingly i think like it's been it's been really fun to to be able to work on on special projects in general and i think a lot of my time is spent on mainline which is like this the classic calendar so spring, summer, fall, holiday. And and that's just really like this endless cycle of of like ideating and trying to come out with uh, properly timed products that maybe the market hasn't seen yet or is our rendition of something that that maybe we've uh, released uh, like a long time ago um, and then trying to reinterpret it for like a, a more modern customer. So that's kind of been my challenge is, is focusing on how to how to keep this like new era of Stussy um, really vital, um, vital and, and, and interesting. And, and, and that's kind of where I'm spending my energy. Uh, it really does seem like you guys really use the, the history of the brand uh, to really showcase like, you know, new ideas as well. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever I have like designers on, I always like to share some of my favorites from the brand and see if you can share a little bit of insight that may not come through online yeah. or through images. Uh, sure. The first one I really wanted to talk about was like the dyed uniform pant. I just thought it was like a super interesting, you know, pair of pants. I actually haven't seen anything quite like it, you know, online before. Can you walk us through kind of like, you know, how does this how this design came to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the uniform pant, I think we debuted in 2020. It's kind of a, um, it's more or less a straight leg fit. It's got the Hollywood waistband, which is just like, a, I guess, an industry or older term for um, kind of a, a seamless waistband. So 
typically there's like a waistband that has like its own little piece of fabric um, where these have like the slanted welts that go up and over the waistband. So it sits a little bit higher on the waist. It's kind of a classic men's trouser construction. Um, we went with like a bigger kind of thicker belt loop. That's kind of uh, a nod towards workwear. You know, if you think of like a Dickies tunnel belt loop, they're a little bit thicker. So we did that. And then we had like a split welt pocket. I think you, you see split welt pockets on higher end dress pants, um, finer fabric sometimes. So we thought it'd be interesting to throw a split weld on there to, to kind of mix some styles in there. For branding, uh, we went with a smaller kind of basic embroidery. We call it the basic logo. There's a couple different Susie logos we're using right now, but this one, that one has the basic logo above the right rear pocket. Instead of going with like a woven label, we went with the, the embroidery to kind of give it like a, a little bit of a nicer touch. And then also there was, I don't remember when it was, but there was a vintage set of chinos by Stussy that, that I had found and they had utilized a similar uh, embroidery language in the back. So I tried to bring that forward. So that's kind of the pant in general. I think it's generally a yeah, straight fit, really easy to wear. Uh, it's not, it's not slim by any means, but it's not our, it's not going to be our widest fit. And then you asked about the dyed treatment specifically. I think the whole dye and tie dye uh, phenomenon right now, it's actually really difficult for brands to, I guess like bigger brands to get things dyed at a commercial level. So like when you see a, a person on Instagram DIY dye and stuff, and it looks really awesome. It's like, that's amazing for one or two or even five products. So like when we get something made, it has to be a commercial product that's fairly consistent, even though it is actually dyed, getting that consistency is actually really hard. So I think for this specific dye, we had a, we had a dyed technique that we wanted to replicate. And then we chose colors the factory to implement so this isn't a print on the, the uh, that specific item is actually dyed and and it felt like it kept pretty consistent um, across the, the production run so it has it has kind of like a vertical streak nature to it i'm not going to say zebra stripes or anything like that but it is kind of like a different look for dye that we wanted to achieve there so yeah yeah amazing pair of pants i kind of wanted to you know go back and so you guys do reference a lot of the history of the brand. Do you guys have like an archive that you go and actually physically go and check out like some of the older pieces from previous collections? So there is uh, at the headquarters, there is a, a kind of a small archive. It doesn't have every garment ever produced or anything like that, but there are like key um, really temporal markers of, uh, of, of products that we do have in the archive. There are quite a bit of fabric and pattern and print archives at the, uh, at the headquarters so you can kind of go back into the into the library and see what was being used in you know 93 to 94 and, and check for like what was it what were they jacquarding on jersey during that year and what kind of color palettes were they using but as far as like specific garment um there's not like a gigantic library anywhere we do have quite a bit of logo archives by year and like the names of each kind of vintage graphic so we look to those sometimes and then we also try to you know not um overuse them so they, right. they, they, they stay special and, and they stay meaningful for the brand what's been one of like one of your favorites from like the archives that you you know came across you know while working for the brand that you think is kind of underappreciated or just one of your favorites personally for sure i think the one that i'm, I'm really excited to see being used is um just in general is the basic logo so the the main brand logo is is stock it's kind of like a, a uh, a jagged straight line Stussy um, logo, whereas the basic logo is a tad more, a little bit more loose and it's it's based on penmanship. Like if you're writing it with a Sharpie, you see a little bit of like ink blots at the top um, edges of each letter. 
that one feels a little bit more vintage to me and it has a little bit of like an older flavor to it. So I think when we use that on cut and sew, uh, we're kind of redefining a, a new era. And so I've, I've really liked uh, utilizing the basic logo for a lot of my stuff. It also has like a really clean tech look to it. And then it also works really well for like really old school stuff. So that's been really cool to use. It's not that exciting of a graphic, but it's a good one. And then I also really like the Stussy Sport. So it's a it's like the lowercase Helvetica section of the Stussy with a, a kind of a hand drawn or handwritten sport with a kind of a curly swirl s and so that one just seems so rooted in a, in a previous era and so to bring it back forward now just it, it just seems really right so i'm excited about all the stuff we're, we're going to come out with that on it oh wow yeah that sounds actually incredible mm-hmm. you know moving on to the next piece i wanted to talk about from kind of like the main line was uh, another pair of pants the ranch work pant and i think this is kind of mm-hmm. something that you were kind of talking about earlier it's kind of like you seeing something maybe that's out there that or something that's been around for a while and kind of giving you guys his own like rendition of it. And I think like double knees are definitely having a moment. So what was kind of your thoughts going into creating this pair? So the work pant in general has been, I think, like a really good silhouette for Stussy. I think it, it, it always does well for us. And when we I think the ranch specifically, <laughs> it was uh, it was produced in. So the way that we produce outerwear and bottoms is typically some, we, we, we don't view them as sets, but sometimes we'll, we'll share fabrics with an outerwear piece and, and a bottom because it just works well weight wise. But we had come out with the uh, a suede welding jacket and kind of this like sandy taupe colored um, suede. And we were like, dang, I wonder if this would work well for a pant as well. So I think originally it had been pitched and maybe my, my current director is real. I think he wanted a full suede pant to come out, but I think eventually it, it got worked down to just a, uh, a suede uh, reinforced knee panel on, on our, on our work pant. That's kind of how that one came to life. I think it'd be interesting if we, if we explored a full um, suede pant down, down the road, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just a really, you know, great pair. And also the jacket was another piece I wanted to get into. So you already kind of touched on it. Uh, the last piece I did want to talk about was the, you know, the denim chore jacket um, with like mm-hmm. the, you know, Stussy logo on the pocket. I just thought this was like a really great one from the brand as well. Uh, can you walk us through this one? Yeah. So the denim chore that's online right now, it's a really like boxy classic cut chore. I think we are finding really, really good success in kind of these like not heritage work styles, but just really simple, straightforward work styles. The denim one specifically has a kind of a medium wash on it. It's really nice. Four patch pockets up front. And then it has a shank button logo uh, with little logos on them for the closure. And then instead of doing like a like a like a branded flag label or something, we just said like, hey, let's go old school with it and put the, a big basic embroidery on the front to kind of blend some of the older looking garments with, uh, with like a modern shore. But yeah, I think that one does really well for us. And it's part of our main offering where we, we kind of have it year round. You know, moving, I have to ask, you know, you guys have done so many incredible, you know, collaborations over over the years, especially recently. You know, one that I really want to get into is the you know second one from Stussy and Our Legacy. How was it, you know, working with that team to you know create a pretty extensive collection that a lot of people have really been responding well to? Yeah. I mean, I'm a gigantic Our Legacy fan. Anyone who knows me would know that. Um, I can't speak on working directly with them. Um, I was uh, I was only able to work on a couple um, products, but as far as that process goes, I think it's really cool. You know, we're using dead stock fabrics from our uh, warehouse that were either 
a lot of them are made in Japan, really high-end fabrics that are kind of, were just sitting there for, for a long time, collecting dust and was able to uh, go to the warehouse and, and help select some fabrics. So it was literally like hopping up on these old um, ladders and, and pulling out fabrics and cutting little swatches and seeing if the fabric hadn't rotted or anything, you know, making sure that it was actually like a, still going to be like a really um, usable product in the end of it. So that was really exciting to be able to, to work on. Yeah, I think uh, it's just a, it's a really cool way to u- utilize uh, existing fabrics and, and still telling new stories with um, with brands. And I think our legacy has always had like this California hardcore, um, Southern California mentality. I think the the direct the brand guys there have always I think grew up with hardcore and I think the only other collab they've done is a, is a Vans collaboration. So it, it really makes sense that they're working with like a, a true Southern California brand like Stussy. Definitely. And yeah, I talked about the, you know, both of them on the, on the podcast too, like the news roundup really love, you know, what you guys did. And then, you know, the last one I think is actually really underrated was like the, you know, work with, you know, Harris Tweed. I mean, just mm-hmm. uh, really great brand. And I just wanted to see if you, could speak on the on the on the collection on the collaboration. Yeah, for sure. So that is one for sure that I worked on. The Harris Tweed stuff was was kind of a not a, a trial, but we did two rounds of it. The first round was kind of a like a olivey kind of bright brown. I want to say we did like a coach, a bucket, some beach pants. That one was really subtle. And then we followed it up with uh, the the mix up, which we did like a it was like a charcoal plaid. And then like a really bright blue, I want to say like similar to a, we, we would call it a beach plaid internally, but just kind of a bigger scale plaid with a light ground. First round was really subtle and we kind of played more with the, um, the execution of like labeling. So like on the bucket, we did like a, the, the big Harris Tweed label on it. And then we even, we filled the, uh, uh, the jacket with, uh, with the, with a warm fill. So it was like two added layers of, of, uh, of value. And then like the, for the mix up stuff, we, uh, we actually did the new era, which, which felt a bit early at the time. Um, but I think now, um, we're kind of riding that new era wave, but yeah, the mix up was just, it was an interesting product. Um, really relaxed fit silhouette up top for the, for the sport coat. I think it was a, it was a very forward silhouette to do a mix up plaid in, but I think it, it did well. And then, um, the beach pants as well, mixing the two fabrics for each leg is pretty straightforward. So I think. We're doing a bit more branded fabric usage, but when we do it, we, we want to make sure it's special and, and seems like it's not just an expensive item just for the sake of being expensive. So, right. Do you have a favorite from, you know, that, you know, collaboration? Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't wear new eras personally, but I think the, the new era with the big stock logo on it's really strong. You don't typically see new eras and, and, um, other fabrics a lot of the time. So that was kind of like a special thing we were able to do. And then I think the mix-up beach pants really, really, really amazing. I mean, like you don't think of Harris Tweed and, and beach so much in the same sentence. So when we com- combine those two things, I think it was something really new and fresh. Yeah. Moving into the other projects that you kind of work on, the uh, cafe, uh, Nailita. I know you said that you kind of don't work on it too much right now, and it's kind of like uh, in an in-between stage. But you know, going back and just looking at some of the stuff that you guys have, you know, done together. Uh, I really wanted to touch on the work that you did with Jam. So how did that come together? Yeah. Like, how did you, how did you guys meet? Oh 
yeah. So when I I was pretty new in LA, and I, I think Sam, who runs Jam Store, he he reached out and was like, "Hey, I like what you guys are doing. Is there anything you want to work on potentially together?" And I was just like, "Oh, sure. Like, I'm down. Like, I think this is interesting. I I was looking at a lot of his stuff at the time. So we I think we like zoomed a couple times, and we were like, "Oh, like this guy's pretty nice." And I think we we're pretty good friends now. He was just over at my place the other day picking something up. But yeah, it it was just like I I think he liked the the graphic language that we were using and and kind of the, the simple products that we were doing. I think he's really into the fact that we kind of not own the, the the mug area, but that was some like a tenant of the brand. A really natural, easy thing. I think we, we ended up hanging out a couple times and I had a series of old Studio Voice magazines that I, I have as like a, as a personal reference that I always uh, like to dig into when I'm working on a project. It kind of just uh, gives me like a really solid, fresh start. It seems really different than anything that's out right now. There was this usage of uh, numbers for an address listed in, in the magazine. And it was each each number was enclosed by a circle. So if you were to look at the the cafe jam mug and, and the teas, you see the jam in, in the circles. So that was pulled from like an old address. And then the 2020 was a, just kind of a marker. But we felt like the the year was really memorable for better or for worse. And and I think the year 2022 is just also sounds so futuristic. And so we're like combining all those elements into one. And, Kind of has like an interesting feel. I don't think it's necessarily. I don't know. It's it, it was. It, I I felt good about the product and and uh, and I I like the uh, the fact that we were able to implement kind of like a, a metaphysical approach to it. Like we put the uh, a photo of the mug on the T-shirt. So when you were buying the tea, you were actually just buying the mug and. Yeah, it just was like a fun kind of heady thing that we worked on, and and, and Sam's a really good guy. So I love I, I loved it. We haven't worked on anything since, so I feel like that was kind of. <laughs> Yeah, are we are we ever gonna see like any new products between you guys? Uh, between Sam and I, I'm sure, man. I'm sure, like he's in he's in LA and, and try to hang out. So I think that there's definitely room for that. I think I like the way Sam approaches projects. He's he's definitely not like in it just to sell, sell, sell. I think he really enjoys like uh, creating something new and, and fresh. I think you see that with the the fact that he was able to work with Arcteryx on on some of the um, special artist collaboration series stuff like so I think a lot of people see that in Sam and and so if 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 the right project uh, comes up and it, and it feels like new and and it feels like people need it or it seems like it needs to be done then I think that's a that's a great reason to work on something yeah you know how has it been for you I mean in the last year or so with everything with like the pandemic you know finding ways of you know staying creative and just trying to you know get your new ideas and you know put that into and start the creation how's it been for you um it's been hard i think uh, i think i realized being more uh, not solitary here but kind of being away from my friends i realized one way that i was able to kind of work through creative ideas or or come up with something fresh was just through talking about it and just through kind of identifying uh, something that's happening in the market like why are people wearing beanies with no cuffs like why why is this happening all of a sudden so i would i would be able to talk about that with friends and kind of this um open judgment-free zone where we could kind of work through something without having to sound cool or without having to sound like i knew everything that was happening it was just very like a really vulnerable open place and and then from that you, you could you could come up with really cool ideas or like uh, your own takes on things that were happening at the time um so i haven't had as much of that you know i miss a lot of my friends and that they're a big reason I think I, I have some creative ideas sometimes is, is they push me and, and they're always question me. So I think that it's been challenging, but as far as staying creative, I like running a lot. I think running keeps me like really motivated and, and in a good spot mentally. 
and then yeah i'm just uh i i i think in general i'm really uh, i like looking at clothes and and this whole like realm of product is like really i like to celebrate it and i really like watching it like i think it's really unhealthy to like see stuff come out and just hate on it because it's not cool or it's not um interesting to you like there's a million things that are interesting to me but that doesn't make it bad or doesn't make it uh, not a good product for somebody so i think like staying kind of uh, i guess enchanted with the industry and staying really positive about it is, is a way to stay creative for me but yeah it's definitely been a challenge so i'm hoping that the main thing that's been uh tough for me is i really like <laughs> I, I, I was talking about this the other day was I want to go out in public and I don't want to look at girls. I, I want to go out and look at dudes clothes. <laughs> like that's, something, that's something that really uh, like I, I enjoy looking at and it gives me like all sorts of new inspiration, especially like some of the people I'm hanging out with in LA, like the way they're mixing stuff or even seeing the dudes at, at the, at the Stussy store, like those dudes are so, they're so kitted and, and the way that they're combining clothes is just so fresh. So just seeing other, other, other dudes that are into it, that are really passionate about it. That, that's, that's, uh, that's encouraging and, and keeps me creative too. Yeah. And how often do you find yourself just kind of going to the store and checking out, seeing what people are saying about the collection and, mm-hmm. you know, really getting that like direct feedback? Yeah. So like, I think now more than ever, like a couple times a week and I'm, I'm constantly like shooting like, uh, like concepts or even like just color ups to some of the dudes at the store because you know i value those guys opinions and and they know sometimes better than even we do like what 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 people are going to want and what they're gravitating towards in the store so i think like definitely it wasn't hitting those dudes up enough but i think now it's kind of like a, a weekly dialogue and i'm constantly just hitting them up and seeing what seeing what works and seeing what they're into and then obviously like when we do get a proto in we're having those dudes try it on first you know because they're going to look the best in it and um and we can kind of get a gauge for if we're, if we're on the right track. So they're kind of like the the guiding <laughs> the guiding light sometimes for for new products and and stuff that we're we're trying out. Nice. It's really cool to see that you guys really you know go and want to see what people are saying in terms of. Do you find yourself getting inspiration from things online? I know you said you get inspiration from looking at people you know in real life you know in the city. Do you ever look at you know Instagram or whatever online to kind of get totally. it inspiration? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think I am an avid bookmarker. I screenshot a lot. Um, <laughs> I, um, I definitely do have like a couple different folders that I bookmark on IG. Like I'll do like headwear or like just uh, different seasons of outerwear. I think like it's really good for finding random old vintage Stussy, even if it's fake. I think like that's really, it's, it's like a valuable thing to see. Like, but I'm, yeah, I'm constantly looking. I look at, I think a big one for me is uh, I'm a big fan of Trebian. So yeah, shout out to them. Yeah. I'll, I'll glance at Trip. Yeah, I like seeing what they've done with their house line. I like seeing what they're buying from specific brands. They do the high low thing really well, right? Like they'll buy the they'll buy Stussy stuff and they'll buy Prada stuff, and then they'll maybe even style it together in some of their look um, their looks. So I think I like seeing how that um, is playing out commercial wise. Like they're selling a, a fair amount of products. So I like looking at that. But then some stuff, you know, you can't just look at e-commerce websites and see it on a white page, you know, like I think products look a certain way online and it's like, wow, that's so cool. You know, it looks cool on my computer screen. But then like, if, do you actually want to wear that out? Do you actually want to wear that like purple or like pink item out in public? Like, so I think looking on Instagram and seeing like how people are actually wearing stuff like out in the world, I think you can just pick up on little nuanced stuff too. I think I'm a big fan of like, I follow a bunch of Korean dudes on on ig and and they have kind of their own little side projects of clothing that they're building and so i like watching that like they're straddling this like cool 
technical natural fiber mix. Like they're doing a lot of wide pants with darts and like snap closures, zip closures. So I'm kind of trying to, I touch it all. Like I, I, I like looking at it all. And um, even if it's not for me, I think that's just what I do. That's what I, I just like looking at it. <laughs> you know, thank you again for, you know, coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. It was really insightful. Uh, anything that people should be, you know, keeping an eye out for? Um, I mean, I guess keep watching. We have like tons of new projects coming out and yeah, I think we're, we're, we're not really stopping. So, um, that's kind of, yeah, that's it. We're just, we're just keeping on. Yeah. Keep an eye out for the Stussy page. Where can the people follow you at? My personal Instagram is Lolafax official. It's, uh, L O L A F A X underscore official. Um, and then from there, I have Kathy Naleta tagged in there. And then, yeah, I, I don't post a ton of my work um, to Instagram. Most of it's either not out, not like a, a gigantic uh, poster on, on Instagram, but I do have my website on there with, with some of my work on there. So, yeah. And everything will be, you know, linked below uh, for anyone who's interested. I would highly recommend, you know, checking it out. Again, thank you so much, man. This was really, really great. Yeah, for sure. I'm happy to do it. Thank you for reaching out. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this week's guest interview. If you enjoy the content in the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media to stay updated on all new podcast episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at The Fashion Collector Podcast. You can follow my personal account at AlexWalkerPH. You can follow us on Twitter at TFC underscore pod. And with that being said, I'll catch you all next week.